0: click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks The skyline is etched in my veins, you can never put that out,
2: no matter how hard it rains city. Hello
1: everybody and welcome to episode of real hawk talk i am brian nemhauser and you can find me on twitter at hawk blogger folks i am here to tell you this seahawks team continues to amaze i i don't know what to do about this team uh they are six and three six and three they've won four straight they have they're now two and one in the division swept the cardinals they came into this game as the number four offense in the nfl the number four scoring offense in the nfl they put up 31 points 31 points on the road against Arizona in a game that the Cardinals desperately needed, desperately, desperately needed to win this game. This was a game that I predicted the Seahawks would lose. I always like starting by admitting where I've been completely wrong. And heading into this game, I was seven and one picking the Seahawks this year, straight up. And every time I picked them to lose, I barely got voice. Cause that game got me screaming folks. Um, every time I picked them to lose, I hope like hell that they're going to prove me wrong. And the last two times i picked them to lose at, at Los Angeles against the chargers at Arizona against the Cardinals, not only have they won, but they've won with a little bit of swagger. Remember everybody, this was 31 21. And that's with a pick six, the Cardinals offense in this game, the Cardinals offense in this game scores 14 points. And if we're being honest, seven of those points came in, essentially garbage time. It wasn't quite garbage time, but it was a hurry up offense. The Seahawks clearly were playing different defensively. And so, I mean, and even then they, they, as far as I'm concerned, they stopped that drive with a forged fumble by Kobe Bryant, but whatever, whatever a football move means nowadays, apparently Rondell Moore didn't do it. But when you catch the ball with clear control, Two feet come down and you start to turn around to make a move. I don't know how that isn't a catch. I don't care what the rule is. That is ridiculous. That's a catch. Um so this team really like just they kind of curb stomped the Cardinals, if you really look at it. And we can, you know, debate what it means to kick a team's butt but I look at this, I look at the stats for this game. The Arizona Cardinals had 262 yards of offense. They averaged 4.3 yards per play. And that's after an 83 yard drive to start the game. So, and even then, Kyler Murray was, was had for a sack and scrambled out of it on third down. If they, if they get him there, who knows what Arizona does on offense? I think one of the most shocking, I'm going to stick with shocking people. Can, people are going to be like, ah, I knew it was going to be this way. And I want to welcome to the show here. Nathan Ernst at Nathan 11, Nathan, I will hand it to you in a second. One of the most shocking parts of this game to me was Deandre Hopkins going Forget the fact that he had four catches for 36 yards. That's crazy. He only got targeted five times. So I honestly didn't think that was possible. I I thought that, I mean, he hasn't been stopped in the last two games. Over 10 catches, over 100 yards, circus catches for touchdowns. He's arguably the best receiver in football. And and this was going to be the challenge for Tariq and I assume that some of it's got to be tariq and some of it's got to be game plan maybe they rolled more coverage over to him wherever he was I don't know my my sense having watched the game was that a lot of this was tariq woollen <laughs> maybe like I, I Nathan I gotta say I as excited as I've been about tariq I've kind of been thinking like yeah maybe teams are like not really going after him and now DeAndre Hopkins is kind of come in here and it could be a rough it could be a rough day for Tariq. This could be like the moment where it's like, ah, it's his learning week. That didn't happen, man. So let me hand it off to you. I mean, I am, I am, I'm beside myself about this team. I love this team. Like, I never expected to love this team, and I'm kind of curious. Like, what do you make of that game?
2: Um, I think that they showed they can do anything, um, and maybe not all the things at the absolute highest level. Like, I, I don't think that yeah. they were really amazing, but, you know, um, you know, division game road game, um, they got hit in the mouth with a pick six. Um, they shut down a star wide receiver. They, uh, pounded the ball to, uh, basically just wipe out the fourth quarter. Um, you know, just all the kind of things that you're like, oh, I kind of want to see whether the t- wh- how the team does in this situation. The Seahawks were like, yeah, we'll do it all in this game and it'll be fine. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not on like a Super Bowl train here or anything. Um, I think that the team is uh, next year's draft probably away from having serious conversations about that next year's draft and next year's free agency. But like, it's just a complete team. That can do whatever it needs to do, whenever it needs to do it, and do it all—you know—anywhere from pretty well to really good in, in some cases, right?
1: It, it is wild that you're 100% right. That this team might be one off-season away from being a Super Bowl contender. Like, well, I don't do any question about that right now,
2: right? What's that? there shouldn't be any question about that because they have a ton of cap they got high draft picks lots of draft picks you know they do a good job not a great job they do a good job in free agency and this is a team that should be expected to make super bowl
1: or i gotta touch you you're 100 right and and i gotta touch on one of the things you said that i think is huge and like a great point to bring up in your first thing is they got punched in the mouth and i gotta admit like i was like ah it is it is a throw like it's a very picky thing but it's one thing i've seen Gino do a little bit where he doesn't seem to get the air under the ball and some of those passes and it's worked out all year but every time he throws it i'm a little bit like uh
2: the DK this time early on but- the, the the dk one right before the dk touchdown oh yeah should have lofted that more yeah. and that should have been a touchdown and almost got picked A 100
1: a 100 percent. but i i unlike other times where i've watched the seahawks other quarterbacks i was like this is actually like, I, I bet this is going to be, we're going to see the best of Gino. Now it felt so good to like, have that be my reaction. I was like crushed and pissed at all of that. But I was like, when something goes wrong, when, when he's pushed into a corner, Gino is a brawler. And like we talked about, he's a dog, the drives, Nathan, immediately after that 13 plays, 75 yards, touchdown 13 plays, 81 yards, touchdown five plays 85 yards touchdown
2: that's that is. is <laughs> that's insane i mean the only thing that like tarnishes this like in tarnishes not the right word but the only thing that like i don't know i think diminishes this a little bit i don't i just don't have a lot of respect for that cardinals team uh ah. I don't think they did it against a, you know, top-notch opponent or anything, but they did exactly what they, what you wanted them to do, what they needed to do and they crushed it. So like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little, um, I think the thing that's hard right now is that like, you can really heap a ton of praise on this team. I just don't quite, like I'm saying, it's not a Super Bowl team. I don't think that, that like that super high upside with this team, just isn't there but like man i don't know can they can they just out consistency teams can they just out like grind Not, And grind isn't even the right word because they didn't grind in this game so much i mean they got hit in the mouth a couple times right that gave up the early touchdown and the pick six but like yeah they seem like a team that's hard to shake and they're just going to go out there and they're going to do what they're supposed to do and you know can you ride that to a couple playoff wins? maybe
1: just got word the rams lost to the bucks so <laughs> that franchise going further down the drain uh love it love it love it uh i, I i'll say this and we, we say super bowl team i think that it's a little bit it's worth defining i think it's realistic that the Seahawks couldn't make the super bowl this year i don't think that they're likely to but i look at the nfc the only team that i think is clearly better than the seahawks is the eagles and even then, like, would I feel like the Seahawks would have zero chance to go into Philadelphia and win an NFC championship game? No. Like, I absolutely – do I feel like they could realistically go into a Super Bowl and beat the Bills or the Chiefs? No. I, I don't I don't think so. But that, I don't know if that's what you mean. But, like, I don't think they're a Super Bowl winning.
2: Yeah. Team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a little hard to see them, you know – i I don't know it's hard for any team right to get to win three games or whatever they're gonna have to win to get to a super bowl right um although i guess at this pace it might not have to be three (laughs) it could just have to get two, right um yeah only uh,
1: one team gets a bye now right
2: oh that's true huh yeah yeah Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) i I was just thinking about i started looking up standings and i was like it doesn't matter
2: (laughs) yeah you're right right. okay between them and the uh, what the vikings are they've only lost one game
1: no, well, the Eagles are undefeated, so... Yeah, but then they're also behind the
2: Vikings, right?
1: They are. Did the Vikings win today? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll pull up the standings, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's <laughs> it's wild that we're having that conversation at all. Um, So as it stands right now, yeah, the Vikings did win, it looks like. They're 7-1. and one. Um, Seahawks are solidly in third place in the in the conference um it's eight no eagles seven and one vikings six and three seahawks four and five falcons um although tampa bay just won i think so i think maybe they're four and five two we'll see anyway anyway then an under 500 division leader then it's six and two cowboys six and two giants who the seahawks have have beaten and then the four and four 49ers um
2: would really love to have that Falcons game back.
1: Would really <laughs> love to
2: have that Falcons game back, man.
1: That's the Saints game for me. It's the Saints game for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Like, when Walker had that touchdown run against the Saints, I thought we were going to win that game. And then that friggin' Tasten Hill. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> okay, cool.
2: yeah. I would rather have the Saints. The Saints one actually maybe does hurt more. Uh,
1: man. So going over some numbers here uh the Seahawks started off rough like offensively this has been a little bit of a unspoken thing going on the last few weeks for the Seahawks has been the defense has been what we talked about because it was crazy how good they have become but the offense has kind of slid a little bit like it hasn't been quite as good and sure enough in this game it didn't start off as good but they end up with 31 points uh they go 10 of 15 on third down I mean, we got to talk about third downs geno smith like he had some amazing conversions 421 yards of offense they go for six yards of play um they have 158 yards rushing average four and 4.6 yards per rush they were four for four in the red zone nathan that might be the stat of the day this was the second to worst red zone football team in the nfl heading in today they were four for four Can you remember the four touchdowns? Like, especially the first.
2: There was the Walker. There was two Walker touchdowns. There was a DK touchdown. Uh, and I don't remember the other one, the locket. Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. That was third and six. It was a double dipper, a third down conversion from (laughs) the nine yard line and a touchdown. I mean, the thing
2: with this offense right now is, um, and I mean, last week that was, I think, a little fluky. Like, they should have put up more points last week. And even then they scored 27, 28, something like that, right? 27. 27. Yeah, 27. Um, and then this one they scored 31. So it's a little hard to complain. But the thing with this offense is they don't have a real explosive element to them. They're not as bad as the Cardinals, who look like they can't throw, like, past five yards downfield. field. But, it, <laughs> like, you don't see the big... I mean, other than, like, a couple Walker runs, right? Walker's been their biggest home run threat. Um, So I think that's, like, the only thing with the offense is that it just feels a little weird because they really do kind of have to matriculate it down the field every time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you think back to the Lions-Saints game, that wasn't the case, right? They were bombing it. Even the Falcons game, there was a lot of big plays in that one. And I don't know if, like, teams have just changed their coverages, but – I think that's one of the things that in an odd way i've gained confidence about this team with that because you can see you've, i mean you see how many nfl seasons you go by and you see something working we saw russ let, let russ cook right where that was just going off and then it, they people adjusted start playing more too deep and all of a sudden it was not working and they couldn't i mean that team the last half of that season couldn't score like 15 points like it, it was it was brutal but they're they're able to beat you in so many ways it, and it is like a little tense to like watch this team play <laughs> offense it's like not comfortable but Noah Fant. i mean we we got to mention Noah Fant, nathan we, no. we've been pretty hard on him uh what did you think of his day he finishes with five catches for 96 yards five catches and six targets um so he was the leading receiver on the day
2: He's a weird one like I mean he's supposed to be this like uber athletic tight end and like he's been fairly effective as just another like Disley or Parkinson t- which I don't mean to be like you know derogatory or anything, <laughs> but like he's just out there kind of you know catching 6 to 9 yard passes and kind of moving the chain I mean today he busted a big one on a they caught they caught Arizona I thought they were going to run probably or whatever there but um so he I mean, doesn't
1: he, come he, across he, as a as an athlete, as like a, an explosive no. athlete. And you'd think for the when he was picked and what his reputation was, he'd be a little more sudden
2: right? Than he is. And I think if I, you know, if I was a Bronco fan, I'd probably be a lot more frustrated with him. But like for a basically a throw-in on in the rest trade, yeah, I'll take a guy who can just catch you know, I mean, what what even if you take his uh, his big play out of the his stat line, it's still just a guy that's like making positive plays, you know, a little chunk play, or a little, little plays here and there, with tight ends do, right? So,
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's I, – I thought not only did he have a good game catching the ball – I mean, he's definitely his most impactful game as a Seahawks, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, But he actually had a key block on Kenneth Walker's run. I can't remember which one, but I remember seeing – I think it was the one where Walker – I mean, Walker's also like – God, it's easy to root for that guy too. There was a play toward the end on the final touchdown drive where he cut, he's got the outside and he's heading towards the, the end there towards the sideline smart enough to cut it back in. He didn't even cut back in like close. He cut back in like a good yard inside the marker. That was a play. I think I saw Fant was blocking ahead King King opening for him, but Walker ran tough. He didn't have his big explosive plays today. He earned those yards. Um, you talk about broncos fans nathan like this game if they watched any of it, it had to hurt right i mean you're watching noah oh, fans go harris. off <laughs> you're going to watch the shelby harris go off you're yep. watching a quarterback that signed for three and a half million dollars that is just lapping and lapping and lapping the guy that you traded all those picks for charles cross i i thought the offensive line played better today i don't you I mean hmm. give up? Five sacks against the, the Cardinals last time and it was a lot of like pretty quick pressure. Um yeah. It, <laughs> uh, it was it was a rough day if you were uh if you're a Broncos fan. Um I
2: think the well, other thing stood out going, to you. Well going back to going back to Gino. Oh my gosh, I don't have my microphone plugged in. I probably sound terrible on my laptop audio. One second here. But going back to Gino you know, talking about getting punched in the mouth and how he would respond and and all that stuff. Um, how he responds to not having a really explosive, like, aspect to that offense today? Like, he never, I mean, he he, I guess you can say he was pressing a little bit maybe on that pick six or something like that. But, you know, after that, at least, he really just kind of calmed down and he just takes... He, he doesn't just take what he, what you give him, like he will exploit what you are showing him. And sometimes yep, it's, yep. it's running with his, you know, and getting out and scrambling and picking up a first down. And sometimes it's just staying patient and, you know, you know, just throwing darts all over 10, you know, five, 10, 15 yards. And then, you know, when he does need to, he can still, you know, open it up. He's not a Russ level uh, downfield passer, but like he's capable, right. He's plenty good at it and he's accurate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing like, that's so exciting about Gino and this, that's so cool about this team is just, like I said, you know, they can all, all, aspects of it, right. Can, they can do whatever it is they need to do when they need to do it.
1: Um, I, I love you bringing that, bringing that up because it like stood out to me this in this game, like I have multiple times. I found myself thinking like, God, I love this quarterback. Like, and part of what I love, it's the fight that we already talked about, and that doesn't just show up after adversity. That shows up on third and twelve when he rifles it in there for a first down. There was a play early in the game where he's getting rushed, he gets bumped by the by the pass rusher, still delivers a strike to Fant for a big third down conversion. Like he's tough, and then like that one running play you're talking about. I don't know if that's the one you're mentioning, but like he is smart. Like, it's so nice to have a quarterback where you're like, most likely the adjustment he's making at the line right now is the right one. And most likely the Seahawks are going to get some kind of advantage out of this. And that play was a third down, I think, or whatever it was. Cardinals came screaming up the field on a blitz. They, the line did a good job of kind of pushing them to the side, man coverage. And he just jumps ahead right away. It wasn't like he had to think about it. He's like, I'll take that. <laughs> like yes yes so i mean i think it's just nice to have a quarterback that that uh is really doing doing it all um and i was just uh, looking up his deep passing uh numbers cuz i was curious he is for what it's worth he is number 4 in the nfl in uh what are they sorting this by by adjusted completion percentage on deep passes he is actually number one in the NFL and PFF rating on passes 20 yards or longer number
2: one 95.7 <laughs> I mean, um yeah. yeah I mean I think that for him right now the thing is just the volume right um you know he I think he's I think part of it is when he is throwing those passes there like he's not pushing it right like he's not forced not forcing it or pushing it or you know challenging defenses that way right he takes it like kind of like everything like if you give it to him he's just gonna sit back and be like all right what are you giving me okay i'll take that okay i'll take that right but not in a again not in the like the way the cardinals offense feels where it's like oh you're, yeah. you're just <laughs> you don't try to do more than like just dump it off and hope your your guy makes makes three guys miss or something like that say more about
1: that like I think that's a really good point like how do you differentiate the way the Cardinals play offense which a lot of times is taking underneath passes at least this year versus the Seahawks which also were taking some pretty safe passes most of the day
2: um there's a lot of examples about for this but the one that sticks out in my mind was it a it wasn't a flea flicker or it was like the the lateral back to Gino where Clearly, like that you want to get a shot play out of that, right? But they have was it DK? Who was it that caught that? Was it DK or was it? Was it Fant? Okay, that was an awesome catch by Fant. Where okay, it's not there. And so you know, that was like it was open and it was there, but like there were multiple defenders around it, and he pushed that in there and it had to be a strike. And Dan got hit when he caught it, right? And so, you know, it's one of those where it's like, okay, he didn't, you know, force it, he didn't throw it downfield, he didn't try to take advantage of TK's speed, but he didn't just dump it off or run for two yards, right? Like he still thread a needle and and got it in there in that that middle of the field area. So I think that's what really separates. Him and maybe Kyler Murray Murray would be playing the same way in a different offense. Like part of that is Cliff and the type of offense the Cardinals want to run. But uh, but yeah, I think it's it's those kind of throws where even when he can't you know go for a huge play, he's not just looking to dump it down. Right, a lot of these ten yard passes that he's thrown at the sticks are like he is you know slipping those in there and in, in very tight spots. Yeah,
1: I think that's a great point. Like he he is. He's pushing the ball into tight spots and and making conversions. I as you were we were talking there, I was trying to look up because there was a play that made me laugh and I, I had to see what how they scored it. I don't know if you saw toward the end when uh, Kyler fumbled one of the snaps and fell on it. Yeah. Uh, max effort lj collier like ran quickly and put his hand on kyler lift his other hand in the air like he was like i get that one right did he he get it (laughs) give me that sack it turns out at least according to espn's box score they're giving it as a team sack so (laughs) lj collier does not get the sack on that play uh but the Seahawks got a team sack uh i feel like that's lame give it to guilt give, give, give it to go to old max at effort lj collier
2: See, here i thought you were uh when you were saying max effort i thought you're talking about cody barton <laughs> no, no no the the famous the infamous
1: clip of uh the seahawks uh twitter account tweeting out lj collier doing drills and it had a caption of max effort and LJ Collier is moving it like a snail's pace. It's like <laughs> one of the least impressive clips you'll ever see a, a team <laughs> tweet out and they're like, max effort. And it's like, well, it's certainly not max effort, <laughs> but you know, okay. So <laughs> LJ Collier got some snaps today, you know, good for him. Um, <laughs> He had as many tackles as Jason Myers.
2: Uh, okay. <laughs> Did Jason Myers have a lot of tackles? He had one tackle. Oh, okay. He had one tackle. <laughs> yes, he did. Um,
1: there's another guy that played today, and I'm gonna butcher the name. Anijugo. Ani Anijugo. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm I'll sorry. I have no Josh. chance. I, Joshua. Joshua. Um Joshua really apologize. I will learn it.
2: Uh, why was he playing today? 49. Do you know? I don't know. Uh, so we were talking about Trey Brown today, though, um, and whether he ever actually got activated off the pup. And so I was looking at the transaction wire for the Seahawks. And um, it said that he had gotten activated on uh, you know, from the promoted from the practice squad, Joshua. Um, and then uh, it said on the eighth that he uh, returned to the practice squad was uh, returned to the practice squad. And I was looking at it. and I was like, wait, what is what is today today? they they actually already have him on the transaction wire as going back to the practice squad so uh I'm sure that's just like formality like that just automatically happens with these guys but I thought that was funny um but no I have no idea why he was out there but uh yeah people in chat are rightfully pointing out
1: the Daryl Taylor injury and I'm sure that that played a role it it's a little surprising in that like, I don't think you need to take Bruce Irvin or Cheninuosu off the field in pass rush situations. Um, and so, really, Daryl Taylor's been more of a rotational pass rusher of late. And anyway, he played. He had a few tackles. Didn't do anything great or terrible. I thought Bruce Irvin had another good game. Mm-hmm. Got his first sack. Uh, like... And what do you make of Uchenna Nwosu? Like the guy, the guy on play-by-play was taking it a little far, saying he's like one of the best young pass rushers up there with Micah Parsons. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not at that point with uh Uchenu Nwosu. But That's like, strong. where are you?
2: Where are you with him? I think uh, he's better than Micah Parsons, actually. No, uh, oh, really? No. no okay. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean seven sacks that's insane for half a season um I, I, I yeah i have no idea what to make of him i mean um i was hopeful i thought he was a nice player i thought he was a nice signing um but I, I don't think he's ever really shown this like i mean at least the ability to convert the pressures into sacks like he's doing all of a sudden so i mean but there's nothing about it that looks like like with Bruce Irvin's sack today, I mean it was I mean it was a sack, but he also um Kyler got pushed into him, right? Because the pocket collapsed from the other side, and so he kinda had to escape out the one side and then Bruce was there. And not I mean, it was still a good play by Bruce, right? But it wasn't like he was just like destroying worlds there. Um, right, right. Uh but like I mean, most of his stuff all looks pretty legit. Some of it's like that, but he's also just winning. I mean, so I don't think this is like going to keep up forever, but I think he's a good player well it's it's part of what's been just a master
1: class of an offseason for for john schneider that was a very under the radar free agent signing uh this is a guy who's young he actually he's probably younger than some of the seahawks you know early draft picks but young guy showed actually from an advanced metrics standpoint was actually showing some pretty good indications that he was an oncoming pass Ooh. rusher um perfect fit for the 3-4 kind of that they're starting to go to and he's i mean he started out as defensive player of the week in week one he could be in the running for another defensive player of the week i don't know what other defenders did today but i mean two sacks tackles a loss uh three quarterback hits i mean the seahawks only had five quarterback hits on the day he had three of them um so i thought he had a good game Thought it was a pretty solid game for Jordan Brooks. Uh, he ends up with 12 tackles, 11 of those were solo, uh, including a had a pass defense, which was nice. I would love to see Brooks make some more impact plays. He's he's like, I don't know how to what I compare him to right now. He's kind of like this keystone in the middle of the defense and, and like holding things together, making good solid plays. But there's not the tackles for loss. There's not the forced fumbles. There's not the, you know, even the big hits. He had one today, but I would love to see him. It feels like he's got more in him than we've seen. And I don't know if it's just the way the defense is schemed up. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's probably going to be the leading tackler in the NFL after today. So I'm not dragging the guy. I just, uh, I'd love to see some more plays that turn a game um, than we've seen from him
2: should have had a pick last week um the Ryan Neal pick Ryan Neal just got there first <laughs> um but yeah i mean it would be uh, yeah it would be nice to see him just be a little to to make a, a few more splash plays but it's also not really i think what they're asking him to do so um i'll i'll take i'll take what he's what he's given right now i think he's playing pretty well would you say I don't know
1: all the free agent signings across the NFL, so I'm massively biased and I don't give a shit because I'm a Seahawks fan. I think there's a conversation that the Seahawks had the two best free agent signings in the NFL. When you take in money for value, Geno Smith at three and a half million to be a top four quarterback is unquestionably the best free agent signing. I don't think there's anything that can compete with that. And then Uchenna Nwosu is up there at seven sacks is on his way pretty clearly to being a pro bowl level player and his, his contract was not huge. No. Um, so, you know, you've got, uh, do you know what it is off the top of your head? I'm looking at. I want to say
2: it was like three years, six or seven year, million a year. So it's like three years, 20 million, three years, 24 million, some, somewhere in there. He signed a two year, I guess I'm surprised Oh, was it just two? a two year. A two-year
1: 19 million dollar contract with the seahawks at least that's what i'm seeing on here right now and still like that's about you know nine nine million bucks a year nine and a half whatever uh and he's looking like a guy who's playing at like a 20 million dollar a year 18 million dollar a year level edge player um so i mean i think if he's going to end up with 12 sacks which is totally possible with how many games left to go uh i don't
2: know a lot
1: seven you know something like that yeah i think it's eight totally reasonable he'll get five more sacks in that time frame so two just masterful free agent signings one other guys that did something today nathan that he hasn't done all year josh jones made an open field tackle yeah big one he did it was a big move like he was excited about it good for him ended up not really being that meaningful but but uh still good to see um ryan neal i thought had another solid game some good yep. plays it wasn't as spectacular as some of the else others what do you think of kobe bryant's game today
2: uh i think he should have had a forced fumble uh i thought that should have uh been called the catch and a fumble um he's another one like it's the same with Mosu like you can't you can't keep that up right you can't you can't force a fumble every other game can you right but like it's so nuts. far yes <laughs> so um yeah i mean he is he's like a super ugo um like <laughs> he's an ugo that makes plays and 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 you know uh, and he's doing it all as a rookie so uh i don't know he's cool he's a lot of fun to watch
1: yeah i mean you can look at Rondell Moore in this game. He had eight catches and 10 targets for 69 yards, 8.6 yards a catch. Like, if that's going to be your lead and receiver, I'll give that up all day. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a couple plays where Bryant's speed, or lack thereof, showed up against Moore, where he was, he was able to run across the field and run away from him. But there was nothing backbreaking, and... In general, I thought he had a pretty good – I mean, he had that interception, Nathan. Oh, my God. There were so many moments in this game where I went from either super high to super low or super low to super high. When he caught that pick, I was like, yes. And then the flag comes in, and I'm like, oh, no. And it's – you know, Quandre gets the call, and it gets called back.
2: And then – Oh, Later. okay. I mean, I was racking my brains. Cause I was like, oh yeah, the pick. I was like, why do I not remember the pick? But yeah, yeah. The one that got called back. That was insane. The, the little one-handed juggle thing behind his back. That was incredible. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the other play at the end of the half, Kyler Murray breaks out on third down and I am just screaming. Like my throat is like shredding. And then sure enough, who was it in that play? Was that Ryan Neal? Who forced the fumble?
2: Mm, I mean, I think it was Ryan Neal. The wind might have forced that fumble with the way Murray was
1: <laughs> Yeah, and, and and so you've got a fumble that the team recovers. Huge! That was a huge, huge, huge play. At that point, the Seahawks were up ten to seven. Cardinals were going to be in field goal range. We're going to probably tie it and then get the ball back to start the second half, like huge play. I, like <laughs> I agree with you on that fumble by Kobe, that he, Kobe Bryant forced. I mean, he should have been involved with two turnovers today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I get that there's some rule about you got to make a football move. What I don't understand is like, there's so many other things in football that are pretty objective. You can watch on replay and you can say, okay, does he have control of the balls, the ball moving at all? Nope. Yep. You know it. Does he have two feet in bounds? No or yes? Yes. Catch. Like <laughs> I don't know why, it, we, like, I, I, I'm sure there's some reason they're not idiots, but like why they have to leave it to this subjective notion of what a football move is it just should be a,
2: I don't know. It's annoying, but whatever. But the thing that's frustrating about that is they called it a, he did not fully execute a football move, which means you're basically saying, so he had control and he had his feet down and he started the football move. And at some point in the football move, he then lost the ball, the ball. And that to me is like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's you can point to exceptions of a time where someone was clearly starting a football move and didn't really catch the ball. But I think like if you're starting a football move, you you have the ball. You you can't be doing a football move without the ball. Like there are weird scenarios yes. where you know a receiver turns upfield before they actually catch it. But in those situations, it's clear they didn't catch the ball. The ball like bounces <laughs> off their hands. Yes. So yes. yeah, like I don't mind the football moves thing so much. Um, but this one I thought was particularly dumb because he clearly has the ball, has two feet down, and is like going to either he like he's trying to quickly spin away from where he thinks the tackler is going to be uh and kind of spins into brian and yeah, I mean that that's a fumble. I don't
1: know <laughs> i I'm I'm, uh, it it annoys me it does, but like if we were playing flag football, there'd be no one that's like. I don't know
2: whatever the Move one thing on, in I, fairness I, to the rest on that is everyone that i saw and, and i would agree said in real time it looked incomplete most well, but of,
1: they called it a fumble yeah so that's they, true that, that so, is so yeah. I, i'm not blaming i'm not blame, blaming the refs on this one i don't think it was a bad call i think it's yeah. a bad rule is my point like it was very obvious that the, that more caught the ball he was making a move. Like he already had gone past in his mind having whether or not he'd caught the ball. He was on to the next thing and he lost the football. We're onto the football move. Fumble. Like <laughs> it's just not it's 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 not complicated, but the the they made
2: it complicated for some reason. So um, Ronda Moore does run a four three. So I think you're right that there are times where it could be Ryan had troubles sticking with him, but you know, he's the kind of guy that you're gonna have trouble sticking to. So not a lot of shame there.
1: I what did you so I when you were coming on, I was talking about Deandre Hopkins yeah. and Tariq like I'm right now without having watched all the replay and all that kind of stuff I feel like I'm giving most of the credit to Tariq what was your gut like how did you where do you give the credit for holding Deandre Hopkins to four catches for 36 yards
2: did Tariq's uh pass breakup on Hopkins What that was after the touchdown right yes that was the next drive I I would not be surprised if murray and the cardinals saw that and we're just like no <laughs> no we're not doing this because that was insane like his ability to break on that ball and the only reason that he didn't pick that off and probably i mean very possibly house that is because he was playing conservatively like that is one that is a, a situation where you can clearly point and say he's not a hundred percent confident in what he's doing out there and it was still an amazing play but i think you know this time next year or maybe even sooner He's gonna he's gonna be breaking on that ball with intent to catch it and not just uh oh I, uh, we gotta break this up right um, so I mean I, yeah I think it's it's woolen I think I don't think teams should be throwing at him like at some point it just becomes dumb and I think we hit that point a couple weeks ago yeah it, it I'm speechless
1: because he he shouldn't be this good. He shouldn't be this good. A fifth rounder who's just switched to playing the side of the ball and to have already earned the reputation of a no-fly zone and having not really been tested against some of the best receivers yet. And in this game, when undoubtedly Hopkins has been hotter than any receiver in football for the last two weeks in a game they needed, in a game at home, and Woolen just like swallowed him like he was just out of it and that's crazy and, and that play you talk about him playing conservatively and i think that that's probably fair how many dbs how many dbs let alone rookie dbs have the peace of mind to not only get your hand out in front to knock it down but with your back hand have your hand open and flat against the back no pulling no turning no chance to call that a pi like that was a that was a pros pro play and I was like okay okay Tariq <laughs> I see you like that that's pretty sweet
2: um you did give up the touchdown to Ertz later on though right he did
1: fun. and he would have given up another touchdown to Hopkins um that got called back due to one the million mistakes that the Cardinals made. I mean, that team is
2: is in trouble. I they, Murray go ahead. I was gonna say they don't look well coached. Like no. I know like everyone like just loves to hate on Cliff, but like I think Cliff would probably be a very good offensive coordinator. I, I, he just does not seem like he has it all together to run an entire team.
1: Well, and you got Murray, who signed in the offseason to a big deal, had a rule in there about you know having to spend enough time prepping for games because he's playing too many video games, and then they take that out, and then he's doesn't get off to a good start. He's yelling at his coach, yelling in his coach's face two weeks ago, he's now yelling in Deandre Hopkins face this week. And I look at that team and I'm like, it's rough. JJ Watt. Is that guy going to even play next year? Uh, Maybe he does. If he does, who cares? Like he's not even that good anymore. Um, The guy that I love on that team, like I love on that team kind of the way like like John ja Morant on uh, you know the Grizzlies in basketball is Buda Baker. I mean, yeah. I love the way that guy plays. If he hadn't played today, Nathan, this could have been ugly, ugly, because he was making a lot of plays on the field.
2: Yeah, and you know I say like he's Cliff is probably a good offense coordinator, but that that they scored fourteen points right. The offense, Other than fourteen the- points, fourteen and points. Seven of them were on that last like
1: kind of two minute drill drive at the
2: at you've the got game. kyler murray rondell moore and uh robbie anderson and obviously hopkins and Zach Ertz. like and they've spent other picks on offensive players they paid james connor a lot of money i don't think he's particularly good but they they liked him so like that's that's an offense that that, that cliff has been able to invest a ton in and 14 points so here's a take that i'm curious if you will agree with
1: as I'm kind of looking through and thinking through this game, I found myself a little frustrated in the first half with the Seahawks offense in that the Cardinals came into this game defensively as one of the worst run defenses in football. And they just gave up a ton of run, you know, rushing yards to Dalvin cook and the Vikings and the Seahawks had been, they got sacked five times season high. Last time they played in Seattle Cardinals love to do all these exotic blitzes. And the Seahawks just kept going to the paths. There's a lot put on Gino's shoulders and it might've been Gino putting on his shoulders. I don't know, but the one touchdown drive they had in the first half was when they really ran the ball a lot. And I felt like they were kind of letting the Cardinals off the hook. I felt like in the second half, once they started running the ball, there's a little bit more rhythm to their offense doesn't mean that they have to do that all the time but in this particular matchup i thought the run game was at least as key to this victory as as the passing game i'm kind of curious what your thoughts there as a, as a known lover of the running game. <laughs> yeah
2: i mean i didn't think i didn't think a lot i guess either way about the running game it felt fine um and I, I'll I should, I'll actually pull it up now because I'm curious if it felt fine in a way that like is actually efficient or if they were just, you know, doing, it, it felt like it was just doing enough pretty consistently, just doing enough. um, But it, it didn't feel, I don't know when they went so run heavy, I was like, okay, here we go. You know, we're, Walker will <laughs> pop one here at the end. And I'll have a million people yell at me in my, in my mentions about, my draft grade for him. Um but that just kind of never came. Uh um, I've
1: got the EPA for you if you want to see
2: it. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: um all plays EPA was .09, rush EPA in this game was .15, pass was .04.
2: Nice. So yeah, it was good. It was just good. Um which I think is like I, that's really impressive because it felt like I said it felt fine. It felt like the kind of thing that's always very annoying about people who value the running game too much or love the running game so much. Like, Oh, he's just turning out four five, six yards at a time. But I think like he, like the success, what was the success rate? I'm guessing it was 43, 43%. So, yeah. So like they really were just grinding out Dude, in, uh, successful plays. Their late down success
1: rate, rushing the ball, which is third and fourth down for people that don't know a hundred percent. Sheesh. How many plays 100% <laughs> that's tough to beat. I mean, that was only three plays, but okay, it's still. still good. Um, Yeah. I mean, passing success rate was 51%. So it wasn't like they were struggling terribly there. Uh, and the pass game was huge. Uh, but yeah, I just felt like this was an effective run game. I thought the offensive line, we haven't really talked about them. It always happens. But again, they gave up. They had a kind of a tough game against the Cardinals the first guy, time. I thought even Abe Lucas had maybe his roughest game that first time against the Cardinals. And Smith didn't get sacked in the first half, and the Cardinals end up with two sacks in this game. So two sacks for 12 yards. And I thought, do you remember those? I, I actually thought at least one of them was clearly on Geno, and the other one you could argue was. It was third down. Or second down, and Gino kind of yep. rolls a little to the left and holds on to it. Mm-hmm.
2: And like felt and then like the, that was on Gino. The very next play was one where just kind of they had a, a replay where you could see downfield a little bit more and it looked like there was something shorter that with in retrospect he probably should have dumped off and given that guy a chance, but it didn't, it felt like a coverage stack. Um so at least two of those did not feel like it was really indicative of poor line play. Yeah. I'll be really curious to see what their
1: grades are. I thought there's some, I mean, tight ends again today. Will Disley had another solid game, just did his job. Colby Parkinson did his job. Noah Fant, we've already talked about. Um, those guys together today. Uh, let's see. Noah Fant was five catches and six targets. Disley was three catches and four targets. Parkinson was two and two. So together you've got 10 catches and uh 12 targets um between the three of them they've just been really efficient they haven't had to make many tough catches i thought fant had a couple today uh we saw kenneth walker get a little bit more involved in the past game today got three balls for 20 yards so he ended up at you know 129 yards of total offense you know yards
2: from scrimmage uh (laughs) his uh epa per target is horrific though is that the pick six so Oh yeah. <laughs> Can't really yeah, hard that. to put pin that on him. Um who
1: else have we like not talked about? What about Mr. Myers? Have we talked
2: about D Eskridge?
1: What did we t- talk to me about D Eskridge,
2: Nate? He was just the nothing, right? And and they have a like he keeps the the football gods are desperately asking D Eskridge to take his place like and, and to step up and to earn a role and he is just bartleby this and you know he declines <laughs> he would rather not um which is you know hey if you can you know make a few million bucks uh he had the nasty concussion so he's not even really getting out of this scot-free so i don't know i don't know it just sucks i got a great quote for you post game presser bruce Irvin. okay a
1: lot of people were is saying he shouting out dana?
2: dana what's that did he shout out dana he's the number one super fan no that's too bad uh
1: and he also didn't tag evan but but uh that's good he says uh a lot of people were saying this was a rebuild year this don't look like a rebuild year i love that from bruce and uh ryan neal says geno smith bouncing back from the pick six to lead three straight touchdown drives he says he's the heartbeat of the team and uh Gotta love it. And I have to say, I have to say, Nathan, part of what I was worried about going into this game, that turf is ass. Like it was coming up in chunks, and the Seahawks have had their, more, more, more than their share of injuries down there with DK and Tyler. You know, having their little bumps and bruises, I'm like, just get to the bye week. Get to the bye week. And we
2: lost the entire damn lob there when you're like, <laughs> like I was at career. that game. I was actually sitting with Evan
1: at that game. It was brutal. We, I think the Seahawks still won it. There was that crazy yeah. throw from Rust to Doug down the sideline, like that had no business happening. But yeah, it's so that I don't think there was any injuries as far as I can tell.
2: Um, and now I mean. Did you actually... see did you yeah. see the John Schneider hug and smile thing at the end of the game? I did. That is some pure emotion. Do you know who he is um hugging? Who is that? No. Where, where do you have a picture somewhere? Yeah, here I'll put it in the chat. I thought it was I thought it was Pete. No, it's not definitely not Pete. Um uh that is uh yeah, some pure 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 emotion and joy from john Schneider on that but i'm really curious who he is hugging because they are very much sharing a moment both of them uh oh. crazy excited whoops let me uh let me oh god yeah i love that face man oh i don't know who that is
1: yeah that's not a familiar
2: face that is like, that's John Schneider's, like, we won the Super Bowl face. Like, it's very close to that same, ex- not saying that's what he's thinking, but, like, that same expression.
1: I think that that's kind of what the season is, though. It is like, they can say whatever they want. They didn't expect this season to happen. They There's no way. I don't believe it. I know what they say. They're not idiots, though. There's no way you expect six rookies to hit and even today derek young he wasn't like the best player on the field but he made two good special teams play that's another rookie that contributed and he wasn't playing getting some snaps on offense to your point about Eskridge, derek young may start pushing Eskridge for some snaps and i wouldn't hate it at this point because Eskridge just hasn't done enough But there's just no way that John and Pete expect, expect this. And I think they're just loving, they're like dancing on the grave of all the people that were like shitting on them for years. Like, and the thing is, I give them a ton of credit, but some of it's just like luck. I mean, just to be real, I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle it, but Geno Smith all by himself having that be what it's become
2: that I mean, come on, <laughs> no way, no way. All right. We have insider info from Cashman who says he believes that is, uh, Danny Van Dyke, I'm going to guess is how you say that, uh, an assistant strengths coach, so I don't know, maybe him and John are workout buddies. <laughs> Although I don't know. I've seen John, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much <laughs> yeah. he's working out. but yeah,
1: I don't know about that part. Um, okay well i think we're nearing the end of it i think we've covered just about every angle of this
2: looking ahead i mean we'll talk about this this well
1: you're when are you leaving for for germany
2: tomorrow i mean i go i go to italy first but we fly out tomorrow i gotta get up at like very early in the morning dude
1: have a wonderful trip please post some pics where are you going in italy again
2: Well, uh florence and then uh munich for the game and everything
1: I've got some recommendations in Florence, if you want. I spent a week there and there was one, there's two restaurants in particular. One had the best steak. Like it's, it's like enough for a household, but it's just amazing. (laughs) And they cut it for you at the table. It's just amazing. It's like a, one of those tomahawk kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then there's another place that make these uh custom cocktails like they I don't know if the same bartenders there but that was their thing is they had this bartender that just made he basically asks you like what kind of flavors do you like you know and he, you don't order anything He just, they come back with these cocktails you don't know what's in them and they're amazing yeah uh, we that was the only place we went twice because it was just <laughs> like it was so good
2: yeah, definitely. Uh, if folks have, uh, traveling tips, I would be interested, interested to hear them. Um, I'm way more excited about this game than I was when I booked the trip in the off season. <laughs> looks like it should be a win. So I'm excited about that. The stadium looks awesome. I can't wait to see that. So it's gonna be really fun and I'll get to hang out with Dana and give her shit for various things. Very good. Well, you know, yeah. she's
1: been so negative about this team, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good I think that we're... you're gonna be there to, to kind of convince her to have hope and, and to, uh, to cheer.
2: Yeah, I think we're finally starting to wear off on her. Or either that, or uh, all the criticism has got to her, and she's faking positivity now. So. Uh, Dana, we love you. We we're just harassing you. Dana is our our never ending light of
1: optimism in the in the in the squad, and uh, she's smart to to get out of the the chat on game days usually. Uh, all right, well, if folks, if you haven't already given the show a like, come on. I mean, give the show a like as they say, smash the like button, right? And uh, subscribe to the channel. We are at 8,000 subscribers. We've gotten to the 8,000 subscriber mark. We'd love to add you to that. Uh, and then you know, go over to patreon.com slash hawkblogger, get immediate access to the Slack channel. The conversation continues there. We've got hundreds of really cool folks in there, really good vibe, everybody's friendly, uh, talk about the Seahawks all the time, obsessed about the Seahawks and it's a good way like during the work day take a second off go talk about the seahawks with some people that are not as obnoxious as some of the folks can be on twitter and who knows what's going to happen with twitter in the next few days so a <laughs> better time than ever to get access to a really quality seahawks conversation that happens in the slack channel patreon.com slash hawk gets you in so nathan have a wonderful trip travel safe eat well and uh bring home tom brady's soul Head? oh okay i, I was going to go more gory but like just bring home his soul like just end it for him because the seahawks are in position they should win this game
2: i'm going to guess that somebody has already beaten me to uh uh stealing tom brady's soul so but i'll see what i can do just for you oh I want seven and three dude I'm I'm now
1: expecting seven and three that would be seven and three into the buy uh into the down to the stretch and let's see if the 49ers can keep blowing some things and make this even better okay my friend and to everybody that joined have a wonderful rest of your evening I will do some Hawk blogger Sunday night stats later tonight once I have some time until then go Hawks